You asked her out? Well, not out. She's in prison. How could you ask her out? Why not? I remember when you wouldn't date that girl who lived in Queens because you didn't want to go over the bridge. That was different. I'll say. I like being with her. Plus, I know where she is all the time. I have relatively no competition. And you know how you live in fear of the poppin'? No, the poppin'. Yeah, no poppin'. No, in the neighborhood. No, I saw your light was on. And the best part is, if things go really well... Can't you go visit? Don't jinx it. March 17th. 2013. What? Aha! You talked first. Last time we said, why am I always the one saying... Well, you didn't say hello. Hello, folks. Conjugal lady visits. Those are the best kind. Come on, this is the best twip ever. My voice is really low right now. That's weird. You know why? Because you're all allergic to everything in California right now, like me? No, I just sneezed <clears throat> and it made my throat a little raw and it's what did to my voice. Dude, it's like my allergy medicine, why do I even buy it? I don't understand. It's just like constant sneezing and just crazy spring in LA, which is like, so it's like is... the smog layered on top of pollen, layered on top of smog. It's this... like, <laughs> it's Welcome like a tiramisu to... of allergens. <laughs> Welcome to sharing too much with Susan. Shut no one cares. Oh, come on. People can relate to allergies. That is relatable stuff. I'm leaving it in the script. There it is. What script? I just, yeah, we just talk. I, I'm leaving it in my talking script. Wink, wink, Oh, wink. come on. We don't script this. I know. I'm not that good at acting. It would be better if we scripted it. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you make a fair point. <laughs> Where's my stupid post-it? Here it is. See, I wouldn't write post-it. stupid post-it. I'd be like, why is the post-it stupid? How could it be a stupid post-it? It wouldn't be stupid. So now even in Twip, See? you're criticizing See? my dialogue. Editing. Oh, screw you. <laughs> Go to hell. That's the editing process, kids. You have insight. Go to hell. Mm. Hell. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's start with... You recently put out a call for more seminar scripts. Oh, yeah, I did do that. I was like, what did I do? Oh, yeah, I did. It's a thing you did. Yes, I would love it if you guys would send in more seminar scripts, even though, you know, you probably think I'm mean by this point because I'm like, no, change it, fix it. She's very nice and helpful. She works with you. Yeah, see, look, an outside opinion saying I'm nice and helpful. I don't know how outside of the opinion I am. <laughs> okay, but... I you can't trust him, huh? Okay, uh... I gotta get someone else to say I'm nice and helpful. <laughs> so if you'd like to say I'm nice and helpful, just record that. You'll, I think you'll get other people to say you're helpful. <laughs> no, we're scaring them off now. No, okay. So seminar scripts. So all you have to do is make something really good and send it to <laughs> me. <laughs> no, you okay. You can get info yes. on the seminar script writing parameters at pendantaudio.com slash seminar.php. Right, and there'll be like a link that says like, how do I do this scripting thing? And it'll say also, what are the guidelines? And you click click there and it takes you to the guidelines and it'll tell you. Yeah, there's all kinds of good stuff. But basically they're like five to 15 pages in audio format, which is there's like a, a, a screenplay format. With the sound effects and in pendant style, I, I, we really need to add that to the page. You know, like pendant style is what we, we, we go for mostly. So, oh, pendant style, hey, sexy. 
audio play. Oh my God, this did not just happen. <laughs> this happened right here and I was here. You were here with me and oh my God. Okay. Uh, I couldn't do the dance because I'm holding the mic. So, but. anyway, you sent it to scripts at pendantaudio.com, right? No, that's you the wrong should one. Know. No, that's, that's the right. right one. That is the right one. Okay. Oh my God. Do you do this job or not? Well, it gets forwarded from there to the address that I check, which is different. Whatever. In any case, we need more. We'd like more. Write some. Send them in. Susan yes, will work and on I will you. work on it's it with great. you through the editorial process, of which there is an editorial process, okay? It's not just pass-fail, okay? So if I, like, send you comments, that means fix it and send it back, and it could get in seminars. So, yes, um, please. I want more scripts, people! And thank you so much to people who have contributed. Um, we have had a lot of fun with your scripts and reading them and putting them in seminar, and it's been super. So, yeah, scripts, please. Thank you. While we're talking about scripts, we can mention that the fifth Phantom Canyon script is done. We've Yay. been working on it, and we finally got that done this week, this past week. Well, yes. Yes, we did. That's very exciting. Only one more to go, and then that'll be ready. We're hoping to start casting in early April. Uh, that's the schedule we're hoping for, so stay tuned. There'll be lots of news coming up about that. Yep, very soon. And the uh, first script was turned in for Project Downfall, which is the uh, four-episode feature that Colin Kelly will be writing, the high fantasy feature. So I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it has come in, so that's very cool. Yay! And I think he's got the next... I don't think he's got all... Of the three following script stuff, but at least two of them. He's, he's burning through it faster than I, I haven't even had a chance to read it yet. I gotta edit it and all this stuff. But I think he mentioned on Twitter he was writing them all together, kind yeah. of. So. He's doing it sort of like a, a screenplay and then just breaking it up into four parts. Okay, yeah. So anyway, so that's very cool. Those scripts are coming in and moving. And I also wanted to mention that initially, uh, The Pendant Shakespeare was going to have a month off between Macbeth, which just finished, and Much Ado About Nothing, which starts up in... Um, it's March now, so that would be May. Uh, but Colin decided to do another episode of Sonnets in between, uh, as we used to do on the show. So uh, you will not have a month off on that. Next month, you will have a, a nice episode of brand new uh, Sonnets being performed by pendant actors, which is very cool. And then Much Ado About Nothing will start up in May. So that is cool. Very cool. And then the last thing to mention, I just wanted to toss out there again that the Pendant Picnic will be June 16th. So if you are in Southern California, Los Angeles, you'd like to come, uh, shoot me an email, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y at PendantAudio.com, and we can talk about stuff and... You know, coordinate. Yeah, get you over there if you're so inclined. We'd love to see you. We sure would. Okay, and then we're going to the interview, and uh, unfortunately, as I mentioned last episode, uh, Jordan has had his technical problems that last episode prevented us from having an interview, and... Unfortunately, they're not completely all the way cleared up. However, steps have been taken to be sure that none of them happen again because Jordan's a very responsible fellow. And so he'll be back in the next episode. But in this episode, I'm filling in for him. So you will get to hear me conduct an interview presently. With Teresa. Well, it says that in the interview. I, well, I just wanted to say it because you should just say it. With Teresa. <laughs> Perfect. Columbus, Ohio, home of Teresa Stacy, 
who you know as the, uh, well, she's a, an associate producer, editor. She's the writer of an upcoming superhero show, which maybe you'll be finding a bit about. And uh, she's done some voice acting for us. Welcome to TWIP, Teresa. Hello. How you doing? I am pretty good. Just pretty. had a root canal, so doing better today. Oh, that's not good at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a tooth, though, so oh. fake as it is. Well, okay. <clears throat> if it's over, I guess that that's good at least, right? Yes, better yes, than it is over. I, I hope you weren't skyping presently in the middle. No, I'm getting it right now. No, right? then it would sound like our. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the future though. I think where they should take uh, dentist dental appointments. Um, you can Skype while while they're digging around in your mouth. And... Well, you know they're working on that Google Glass, the whole VR goggles. Right. See, you so, know? so you've got it something to be do. Done. Yeah, you're, you're highly entertained. <laughs> so, um, well, why don't we talk about I guess um, what you've probably been doing for the longest now, which is editing for uh, Pendant Scripts. You're presently the editor on The Kingery and Tabula Rasa. Yes. So, what's that like? Um, it, it's fun, especially since they're they're kind of both um dramas, but they're also vastly different from yeah, each other. One has a lot more profanity <laughs> than the other one. They're kind of on opposite ends of the of the drama spectrum, I would say. One one's about the criminals, and one's about the cops. <laughs> <laughs> right, so they they kind of parallel each other in many ways, right? They're like what we they're really like, need is a crossover. Oh, <laughs> I, that would be really hard to pull off. <laughs> I don't see how that would be. I don't. I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm not sure that uh, that the uh, the uh, organ C would necessarily fit in at the Kingery. So no, and it would be interesting though to have Clark meet Tommy, wouldn't it? That would always be fun. So that would be interesting. They, they we should we should do that just just <laughs> because. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're both fun. Us. Uh, um, obviously, all the writers in the Kingery are pretty established writers. Um, I think Jared would be the newest. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the the rotating writing staff is kind of interesting when you see the um, the differences between each of the scripts, especially in formatting. Um, ah, yeah. There is some. Yeah, because people use different programs, so it's not always yes. identical. Yeah. So it's kind of a surprise every time I open up my open up a Kingery script. So, and then you have a uh, Jack who is kind of, you know, blowing my mind with being um, 18 or 19 and writing as well as he does. So. Right? That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Making us all look um, bad. It's disgusting. I, if I had his writing talent when I was his age, I would be like some kind of bestseller right now. It's, right? You know, it's it's, it's incredible. nuts. It's, so. it's, okay. Anyway, this yeah. is not about... Uh, Jack, but you know the incredible Kalk, as incredible as yes. He is. But um, but well, um, for for the folks out there who might not know exactly uh, what all goes into to editing a pendant script, uh, what is it exactly that you do to these scripts? I mean, it's more than just checking for you know grammar and spelling, right? Um, there there are some of that, but when you look at a script, um, and I pretty much learned this particular thing from you when I was first um, getting into the editing, but, you know, you pull up a script, you, when you look at grammar and typos, it's more of, you know, how it reads. Um, you don't need to worry about typos as much as long as it's it's readable, mm -hmm. you know, that somebody can understand what they're reading. But, you know, you need to look at, um, you know, <laughs> something I say often is name droppage. Um, yes. Some writers have a tendency to repeatedly and... <laughs> all the time drop names and scenes when you, you know, you can limit it. That's probably the, one of the biggest things that I look for. Um, pacing is another thing, you know, sometimes you end a scene and you could, you know, trim a line or two off and you have a much stronger ending. Right, right. Um, 
So when I'm, you know, when I'm editing, I'm generally not editing for the, you know, season story arc, but I'm editing a single script at a time. So, <clears throat> so that's that. That can be interesting and challenging, especially since I don't always remember what happened in the previous script I just edited. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. So you know, I pretty I pretty much do all of it digitally. I open it up in a PDF editor, um, insert comments and arrows and strike throughs and highlighting and whatever else. I can And you use. know what I, I what I love about your editing is that you're not shy. <laughs> you don't pull any punches and that's exactly <laughs> what you needed in editor, so Yes. Um and sometimes I get it's in Kingering, I don't know if I'm a, a little bit more tame sometimes, but in Jack scripts, um apparently I'm my he finds my edits rather amusing, so They can um, be, yes. I've I've yeah. chuckled at them a number of times myself. I think that you have to balance the criticism with humor because otherwise mm -hmm. it seems like your editor is just beating you down. And that's not the case. So if I balance it with humor, it kind of takes the edge off and you're more likely to accept my comments <laughs> as opposed to me just, you know, throwing it out there. I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll keep that in mind when I'm sending you your edits on your script, which we'll get to <laughs> yes. in a bit. But um, Humor's uh, good. It softens the blow. It's so. true. That's true. Um, one of the weir uh, hardest things I think about um, editing still, uh, when I do editing and, and also when writing, um, so this I guess you could speak to both of these things, but um, is that keeping in mind what will or won't work um, for the audience in audio. Because yeah. when you're reading a script, you get a lot more information than the audience does necessarily. Like one of the things you said, like names, um, you have to, you can always see in a script who all the characters are because they got their names right there by each line. But you have to keep in mind that the audience might not have memorized their voices of which character they're prescribed to. So you have to have that balance, you know, where it's like you have to have uh, uh, their names in, a, in an episode like at least once for like new listeners or people to be reminded which voice belongs to which character. But if you have too much, it gets all, yes. you know, it doesn't sound believable. And it's it can be a tough thing knowing necessarily what's going to work in terms of audio with stuff. Right. I think the key, as far as names go, is to find a place where you can drop it that also feels natural. Mm -hmm. um, I see a lot of times some writers will um, drop a name, but it's it's not necessarily a place where you would naturally drop somebody's name. Um, yeah. In which case, you know, you want to cut that. And if you if if at some point you need to drop the name, you know, in Kingery, most of the most of the um, cast is established. You just have some new ones. In which case, you need to introduce them if they have names. First Watchman, you know, doesn't necessarily need right. his name introduced, but <clears throat> find a natural place to drop the name and then just let it go. Yeah, because so. uh, it's true. If if you also if you think about it, like in real life, when people are talking to each other, they don't say each other's names that much if they're not like calling out to somebody who's not right next to them or something. It's right, and, so. and we we a lot of times forget when we're translating dialogue into audio that. I mean, even lacking the visuals, the, the conversation isn't necessarily organic. And it's interesting to see when, especially when some writers first start writing, um, I've done some side editing for, for a few bit different people, but the dialogue was always forced. And you need to step back and just remember, it's a conversation between two people, you just don't see the people. Right, right. So. Yep. I also find that it helps, um, you know, if you're not sure if the dialogue is sounding too forced, if you just if you just start actually you just speak the line out loud to yourself, yep. you could usually tell you're like, oh, God, <laughs> you're like, nobody yes. can say this. So, you yeah, I, I tend not to do any editing while I'm at work, because a lot of times I have to do that. I'll sit there and if the line doesn't read naturally to me, then I'll say it out loud. And If it still doesn't feel natural, 
then I'll say something, usually in the comments. And usually I just say that this phrasing feels awkward. Um, rephrase it and tweak it a little bit because right. when I read it out loud, it just doesn't feel natural. Yeah, you can really so. tell with that. And um, yeah. uh, another comment you made about um, uh, pacing and needing to like trim things from scenes and stuff. Uh, I remember a couple of times, I can't remember a specific example now, unfortunately. If I'd done my homework, I could have uh, looked a couple up. But I remember there was a few times where you uh, suggested like moving entire scenes or, or like cutting like half a scene out and stuff. And uh, uh, always, I would say, vast majority of the time, you know, I, I agree with what you say. And uh, you're really, really good at, at what you do. But um, how do you... I don't know. I guess what I would say is, is if if you were giving advice out there to people who want to get into writing audio, since you're you're you know uh, a pretty experienced audio editor, are there certain um, I say I don't know like uh, pitfalls you see a lot of people falling into besides the name thing that you think people should watch out for, something that could help them with pacing or things like that. Um, the the uh, as you know Bob syndrome, which is <laughs> oh god I hate that. It, it, and then you yeah, get a long expository dump right after it. Right. And it happens a lot in prose. And even, yeah. you know, a prose editor will tell you, you know, you, you need to cut that. It's doubly true in audio because we, we don't need to hear all that. You know, it, all it is is an info dump. If you can put in front of a, a phrase, as you know, Bob, and it makes perfect sense, then you probably need to trim it. You need to introduce things naturally, drop things here and there if you need to to put information in, just just drop a piece here and there and let it go. And then part of that is either at the beginning of a story of a script or even just in the beginning of a script, start as close to the action as you can. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't you don't need a, an introductory um, scene to set things up. Start in the action. Yeah. The audience will follow you. Come in you know, as late you, as you can and get out as early as you can. Yes. You know, and part of that is part of pacing. And by doing that, you know, starting starting late, cutting out early, you will tighten your pacing. Um, and one one thing that also contributes to pacing can be well constructed short scenes. If you need um, something to rock it through, um, I'm trying to think of a recent example. Um, but some to, any kind of fight scene or anything like that, if you can keep it short and tight, your your pacing and your tension will be much higher, um, and that will that will keep it from dragging on. A lot of things can just drag on. So that's true. I found that uh, with action. I mean, sometimes um, like uh, there was that Kingery season finale. I think it was season three finale, where it was the, almost the entire thing was um, action. And we had been setting that up for like the whole season. And so I think once in a while it can be called for when you have a lot of stuff to resolve all at once. But I've also found that you are correct that most of the time when you have an action scene, if you keep it um, shorter, it is a lot more tense. Because I've had some that I've, I've had to cut down because you're like, well, this was really cool. But the longer it drags on, people are like, well, what's something needs to happen already. So. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't stall things for too much. Yeah, especially if you have one person talking to themselves. Oh, that's yeah. I, I'm probably the hardest on those scenes. Yeah. If 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 there's if there's any kind of monologue, I I will immediately, uh, uh I probably shouldn't swear here. Um, I will immediately <laughs> flip my lid. <laughs> um, because and especially if it's longer than a quarter of a page, um, I don't want to listen to anybody talk for longer than a quarter of a page. So if you if you have more to say than that, then you need to seriously reconsider what you're writing. <laughs> so <laughs> I I remember uh, now uh, a few times you saying that so, some things in in some Kingery scripts needed to be uh, cut down a bit. Um, 
So yeah, it can be tough. Um, monologues are always tough. You don't ever ever yeah. want to just have someone talking to themselves. At the very least, have them talking to someone or or something like that. You know, it's there so, needs to be some sort of interaction. Right. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be a person. Um, but there needs to be some sort of interaction going there. There needs to be a give and a take. Um, otherwise, you're just going to get lost in somebody droning on. Now, here's my number one rule as an editor. Oh, number one rule. Pay attention, folks. The editor is always right, except when she isn't. <laughs> um, and ed- being an editor is about is, is guidelines. It's the pirate code. All the comments that I make are strongly suggested guidelines. Um, you're not always going to agree with me. You're not always going to agree with your editor. And that's okay. The biggest thing is to do what is best for the story. Absolutely. That is the biggest point. So. Absolutely. Well, um, oh, do you have any, any other uh, uh, comments or, or uh, uh, tales you'd like to regale us with of, of your, your uh, extensive time as a pendant editor? Um, oh man, probably, but nothing I can come up with at the top of my head. Was there anything no. that you found like particularly, um, was there any, any moment where you edited something and then you like heard like the final episode when it came out and you were like, ah, I was right. That was so much better. My edit made this, ep- this episode much, much stronger. Did you remember like a specific example of something like that happening? Not really because, because there's such a, a long time difference in between. Right. Um, and my, I have a, I have a personal rule of editing is that I edit a script. I give you my edits. If for any reason I'm included on the final draft of the script, um, unless I'm in it, um, I don't read it. Um, because I don't want to create that personal conflict. Why didn't you listen to this edit? Why didn't you do that edit? It was a good (laughs) edit. Um, so I, I don't read final drafts. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, unless for some reason I'm in it, which I don't do much voice acting and I don't edit Genesis Avalon. Um, But because of the big gap between when I edit and when when an episode airs, um, my memory is is full of holes. I forget. Yeah, mine too. They're all good. I wanted to to live vicariously through you as an editor. I'm like, I don't remember these things either. I'm like, maybe she (laughs) does. It'll be cool. So um, the... the, the, uh, um, Tabula, Tabula Rasa, the pilot episode, um, when Jack was pitching it, um, I did contribute um, a lot of editing to that, which was a lot of fun, especially, um, you know, reading his final draft, because you edited the official pilot. Right, um, yeah. And then reading his final draft, and uh, um, and then hearing the first episode, that was really cool. Having been, been part of that process since the beginning. So. Right, of sort of uh, helping shape the pilot into what it became. Yeah, it, it made me feel good. So, it, yeah. Good feelings all around. No, warm and fuzzy. <laughs> well, okay, uh, you mentioned um, your voice acting. Uh, you play uh, Edel Wolfa in Genesis Avalon, correct? Yes, I do. How has that been for you? Um, requires lots of tea. um my my olivia voice tends to be a a little bit uh deeper especially when uh, she has to growl Mm. um so i i do not record my lines without having substantial amount of hot tea nearby so how do you um uh, do do you enjoy voice acting yes um and i'm only hesitant to say that because i I personally don't think i'm very good at it and i don't have a wide range (laughs) well i know exactly what you're saying (laughs) <laughs> so the things that I can do, um, I enjoy. I really enjoy playing Olivia because um, she she is she's a um, 
she's a tough cookie with kind of a warm gooey center um <laughs> and that i like that that dichotomy so she's a lot of fun um I just started playing Virgis in Macbeth, but I only recently turned in my first lines, so I'm not sure I have a lot to say on that until at least Colin hears the lines. So <laughs> in Macbeth, because Macbeth just ended, or not Macbeth, Much Ado About Nothing. Oh Maybe. yes, okay. So yes, ah. Macbeth just ended. That's why it's on my brain. So. <laughs> right. Um, well, um, so do you think you're going to be uh, possibly auditioning for more roles in the future? Do you want to do more acting or is it something you'd like to keep sort of just like a, a moderately low involvement with? Mostly a moderately low involvement um, only because um, most of the time when I audition, I'm auditioning to, to pad out the pool of choices um, and I'm not expecting to get cast. I was actually really surprised at getting cast for Olivia. Um, I was not expecting it at all. Um, so there's, there's also a certain amount of, um, time constraints involved with voice acting. So I, I want to keep and maintain some roles. Um, I'm not necessarily one of those people who's interested in having the leading role necessarily. I kind of like the supporting roles for the most part. Right. The lead, lead acting is a, is a lot of work. So it's, uh, yes. yeah. um, and I, I, I don't have the, um, I don't know what the word is, but, uh, the, the, there's much better lead actors out there who are much better at doing that than I am. So. And they can have those roles because they're better at it. So. <laughs> All right. So, well, then um, we can um, move on to the thing, that, the sort of the newest thing you've picked up at Pendant, which is uh, you are now writing uh, your own original show. Yay. It's very exciting. I've, I've had the pleasure of being the editor on, on that show. And um, it's a companion show written by Dragon Blink. And um, but so uh, I don't know how much uh, you'd like to tell folks out there, but if you want to kind of give them a little bit of an overview of the show, uh, I don't know. You can spoil as much as you want. I mean, it's your show. So, yeah, well, I, I also have to watch because I'm counterbalanced by uh, uh, Blinky. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't want to step on her toes. So <clears throat> I'll probably play it a little bit safe. Um, we had Blinky had come up with the her show idea uh, initially and um, she was developing it and she said, you know, it would be great is if we had a companion show doing the opposite. And basically, um, and this is spoiling the concepts just a little bit, but I think it's okay and I don't think she'll be mad at me. Um, but the the idea is, is a superhero, and the show is being set in L.A., yep. which is great for Blinky because she lives there, not so much for me. <laughs> um, so I ask lots of questions and make lots of mistakes. Um, but, um, you know, her concept is the idea of, of a superhero. She Basically, she has a... Uh, I guess uh, a journalist who is, is her story is about being a superhero and that's the core concept of the show, but she's not an A-list superhero. You know, if, if you look at it in terms of paralleling with the acting industry, you have your A-list actors, B, C, and you have your D-list mm -hmm. and these show, these two shows kind of revolve more around those D-list type characters. And so she's developing her show um, with, with the superheroes she said, you know, it'd be great if we had a companion show that looked at the other side, the villain side. And I kind of got sucked into it. And I, and I think <laughs> um, she was doing some kind of psychology on me um, because, you know, we just kind of like pitched around ideas for it. And then suddenly I'm coming up with an outline in a week. She's very crafty that way. You must watch out yes. for the crafty blink. She's manipulative. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I'm really excited because of exploring that other side and, the, the whole concept of, you know, um, and uh, to pull from Wreck-It Ralph, <clears throat> which is a great movie, Such but the whole idea of um, 
just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. That's right. Um, and that's that's kind of the foundation of where I come from. So we each kind of have main characters that are pretty much polar opposites, and yet there's some similarities between the two as well. Right, because they're not caricatures, and they're actually human, and they have flaws and strengths. And um, one of the things that that I liked so much about the concept of these shows was the fact that, like you say, it's sort of exploring the the D list. It's not, you know, the giant, really famous heroes that everybody knows. It's like, well, what happens to these these other these little guys, sort of, you know, working at the the bottom rung of of this. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. what you call it, lifestyle, yeah. but um, so it's um, very different from other stuff that's out there, comics or other superhero stuff. And I thought it was a really sort of unique take on things. Yeah, and I think that you get to explore the characters themselves a little bit deeper. They don't have it, it, the kind of the point of this is that none of these D-list um, uh uh, heroes or villains have any like stellar superpowers. If they were that had awesome power, they'd be on the A list. Right. Um, so it, they either have to have a cheesy power. I mean, I have I have a, a minor character whose superpower is that they can turn into a stationary pile of water, puddle of water. Um, you know, can't move, no splashing, stationary puddle of water. Um, but so it's either that they have this kind of smaller mediocre power or Maybe they're there because they want to be, which is also something interesting to to explore. And both shows have a, a nice um, balance of like the the story, action, drama with uh, humor. There's a lot of humor in both shows, which I also really like. So I mean, they're not straight out comedies, but they're they're not what you would. They're not like a super dark drama. They're they they've got a, a light tone, kind of going along with them. Yeah, it's it's a balance um, in both of the shows. It's a balance for a little bit different reasons. Um, you know, exploring the villain side, it's very easy to go dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to go dark. So you have to balance that with a sense of humor in either either a sense of humor or a little bit of cheese. Um, and you kind of have to have both. We are talking about, you know, superheroes. <laughs> so there's there's a certain amount of, of cheese that goes along with that. But when you have those dark moments, you then kind of have to turn around and, and bring it back a little bit because... You know, you don't want to go too dark. Those aren't the kind of villains that I want to explore. Right. And I think those are the ones that have been kind of um, sort of overexplored in like mainstream superhero stuff. You know, that's been done a lot. So you have the shock and awe factor. You know, it's you have somebody who's bad for the sake of being bad. And it's just how bad can they be? That's not interesting anymore. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's more the, the characters that are flawed and, you know, but also somebody that you can identify with. My main character, I think, is easily identifiable. You know, he's kind of down on his luck. He, he needs something to help get him back. Um, I, don't, I don't want to say too much about it, but um, get him back into things. And that's very identifiable. He's also somebody who really wants to protect. My main character is a guy. All right. So now, you know, when you audition, the main character is a guy. Um, <laughs> Lead role coming up. Folks. Watch out. <laughs> Yes, um, uh, Blinky's uh, lead role is is a female, so mm-hmm. woman. So yeah, again, yin and yang going on there. So I totally lost my train of thought. So. <laughs> well, then let me ask you, um, what is it like approaching an audio script from the other end of it? Because you've done all of this editing and now you're writing it yourself. So is that weird? Um, a little bit. I make some. I make some of the same mistakes that any writer does. I'm a little more. 
um, I notice more name droppage and things like that when I go through and, and you know, uh, edit my own scripts. So mm-hmm. I'm more aware of some of the things that I look for as an editor. Um, but there's some things that, you know, go right past me. Um, I was primarily used to writing prose, but my prose tends to lack description. It's one of the criticisms of my prose is that I don't describe things very well, which actually lends itself rather well. I was going to say that works well for audio, though. There's no yes. no descriptions needed. So. Yeah, so I really like writing for audio because it's really about the action and the dialogue, and that's something that I really enjoy writing, not so much this descriptive part. I don't really care about the hill. So, <laughs> But there's a flower blooming in the sun, and it has six pink petals arranged symmetrically. Okay, never mind. Well, okay, what's going on over there? You know, <laughs> you, you've already lost me, so. Yeah, but um, yeah. no, I've found the same thing, though, that um, I obviously, I edit a lot of scripts for Pendant and outside of Pendant as well, and all of the, there's a whole bunch of things that I'll like can pretty easily and regularly catch in those things. But sometimes you can't catch them in your own stuff because you just get so close to it. And that's why it's so vital to have an outside person look at it. And you're like, oh, my God, I totally did that. I didn't even know. Well, I mean, I, I, I usually don't catch even my own typos. Um, you know, I, because when I read the script, I read what I think should be there. Not exactly. What's there. Yeah. So <laughs> you have to have editors Absolutely. To, you know, to balance the bullshit. So. So you remember that next time I give you edits you don't like and you're yelling. I'm kidding. You never yell at me. I'm just. <laughs> no, I'm not going to yell. If, if there's something that, I, I, you know, I'm like, oh, but but I really like that. I'll just step away from it, think about it and come back. And you know what? You're probably right. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's, it's you always have to keep an open mind. And so a lot of times, you know, the stuff that you want to keep the most ends up having to go because it doesn't. You know, sometimes that, like as a writer, you can get too attached to something you're doing. You're like, oh, I love this so much. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. And you don't realize that, yes, but if you take it out, it's even better. So yes. it's, yeah, it's a or tough process. You don't even necessarily always have to delete it. Just move it somewhere else. Or move it or, uh-huh. yeah, change it or tweak it. Or, you know. But, yeah, be open-minded. The, the thing about being a writer is you are never done learning. Nope, and never. There, there's never you never hit the point where okay I'm the best writer that I can be. There's <laughs> always further to go. There's always something to learn either yep. from somebody else. There's writing courses online. I've taken several of those, and even if I didn't get something from the overall course, I at least picked up a few things that just overall have improved my writing. And no, no matter what you're writing and where you're writing it, you need to be learning something from it mm-hmm. to become a better. And the more you write, the more you'll learn, too. I mean, oh, yeah. if you just keep churning stuff out, you know, you'll eventually start seeing, oh, this is why this didn't work, and this is what I could do to fix that. Mm-hmm. And, and don't be afraid to, you know, edit or, you know, and, and critique other people's work because you're going to learn something from them just as much as they're going to learn something from you. Actually, that's a good point. A, a good way to improve your writing is to edit other people's stuff. That can mm-hmm. actually help you a lot, so. Um, I mean, before I started... Um, uh, technically, I don't have a produced script for Pendant. Um, but before I started writing for Pendant, um, most of what I learned about writing audio came from editing. And I learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. So there's there's something to be said for just, just read other people's stuff, see what you can learn from it, and see what you can teach other people. You, i got my, my wise hat on here. <laughs> you always have a wise hat on. I try. It's like, it's like you were born with it. It's well, you know, I, it, it's, my, it's my teacher side, so... <laughs> Uh, do you think you will uh, perhaps try your hand at a short script for seminar at some point? I would like to. Um, the problem that I have is that I haven't written short format, um, not just in audio, but in, even in prose. I haven't written anything short that I've kind of forgotten how to do it. It's, you know what? You wouldn't think it's that 
tough since they're shorter, but I almost think oh. the shorter ones are even harder than the longer ones. You have to come up with a whole complete thought, you know, <laughs> in, in whatever that, that, that limit is, 15 pages or whatever. Yep, and I find it very difficult because um, even though I'm not one of those people who goes, you know, off, you know, expository, um, I, I tend to, to write out to the future. You know, I like to plan, you know, we're, we're, for blanking my shows, we're already planning storylines that are several seasons ahead. Several and, seasons. Yes. Um, I, I'm so excited about one of the, well, a couple of the storylines, but yes, <laughs> most of the storylines, sorry, I'm gushing. Um, but, uh, and, and, oh, just to throw this out there, but there, um, the, the two shows will not be, you know, separate. Um, there will be, they will parallel and they will kind of tap each other. And at some points they would like directly cross over. So you will need to listen to both shows because. That's right. Both yes. shows, people. Um, yeah, because if, if you only listen to one show, you're going to miss some things from the other show. And then you're going to hit a point and like, wait, what's going on? Um, but yes. What was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I am so tired. <laughs> oh, we were talking about, um, seminar scripts and writing short. Some short writing. Yes. Um, yeah. I have a couple, I have like a, I have keep a writing notebook with me wherever I go. And so anytime I get an idea for something that I think might work in a short format, I write it in. So I have several ideas for things that don't suck yet and I might want to explore. Um, but I need to kind of wrap my head around writing in 15 pages. Right. So right now I'm kind of focused on finishing out the season, season one for. Absolutely. For Although my I, as yet untitled show. Right. Yeah. They don't have titles yet, which is why we keep calling them the upcoming superhero shows. But um but I will mention. Can I say uh, what my subtitle is? What? Oh, you have a subtitle? Well, kind of. I mean, the, the main Did I character. I know this. Well, the main character's name. Oh, okay. If can you I want to, go ahead. I don't have to say what Blinkies is, right? I can say what mine is. It's sure. okay if I go on my own. Okay. So, 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 what will be part of the title and the the villainous name of the main character is Trace. So, Trace, Ooh, look for it. What is it that? It will come mean? soon to pendant audio near you. Ooh, spooky. Uh, <laughs> I was going to mention though, with the um, when we uh, were throwing that that seminar bit out there, and that uh, how it it can be tough to write short and fit it into fifteen pages. We have an excellent seminar editor right now in uh, my lovely wife Susan Bridges, who is more mm -hmm. than willing to work with people and help them figure out where to cut things and how to fit things in. So, um, you know, um, not necessarily just for you, but for anybody listening, if you're having oh, yeah. uh, you've got a script, you're having trouble cutting it down, you know what? Send it in to seminar and uh, explain that you have this idea and see what she thinks of it, see if she has ideas on how you can uh, maybe help fit it within the uh, page count. And uh, she's very good about working with people with that. So yeah, and you it doesn't have to be perfect first, you know. So. Oh, yeah. And no script is perfect first. I have uh -huh. never seen a perfect script I've, ever. No script is perfect after, you know, they're never perfect. Yeah. No. So, yeah, I mean, there, you, you learn something um, just by doing the submission process and, and, you know, a little bit of editing. Um, and just, I mean, you don't know until you try. Exactly. No. You've got to give it give it a go. Yeah. What's it going to hurt? Nothing. No. That's nothing. Nothing. You know, you learn something, you might get a script through. And That's right. And you're not necessarily going to succeed on the first try anyway. You know, the first thing you write is never good. <laughs> you, know. you know, if you've never written anything, the first thing you write, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to suck. I've got a lot of first things, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, but everything after that is better. It just gets better. It's true. Yeah. So, so. Um, well, let me ask you this then. Which do you, um, which do you prefer? Do you prefer writing or editing? <sighs> That's kind of tough. 
Um, I like writing. Probably writing 51%. Um, only because, yeah, well, I learned so much from editing. You know, mm-hmm. just from, you know, I, I enjoy editing. I like making the funny comments, you know, and, you know, and the the, the OMG comments. Um, I'm good at those. Um, making up words in my edits. I'm good at that, too. Um, but I learn something from the scripts just as much as I'm critiquing them, um, which strengthens me as a writer. So it's 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 the circle of the writer's life. So. Oh, I'm not going to sing. I almost did. I, I wound up, but no, I'm not. The gonna. circle no. of the <laughs> You did it. Is that me? That's fine. You don't want me to sing. So I have a soundtrack. I could probably play it. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, and we should uh, just mention really quick. Uh, I almost forgot uh, since we talked about your editing that you're also editing the upcoming Henderson and Hefner show. Yes, which I'm still working on. I know I owe you scripts. Just a couple. You got most of them in. <laughs> no, I do. I do have most of them in. So I just, there's been a lot going on. But yes, Henderson and Havner, which is a lot of fun. It's I, I, it's so much different from Tabula Rasa and the Kingery. <laughs> you know what? It is. You've got there. It's yeah. If you've got Tabula Rasa and the Kingery, it's sort of bookends on the opposite end of the same spectrum. Then Henderson and Havner is just like a loose leaf notebook across the room. You know what I mean? It's. <laughs> It's fun, you know. I, it's I don't open the script and think, oh, this is going to be a depressing one, you know. Well, no, uh, it's never it's never depressing. <laughs> it, it's really fun. Um, it's tongue in cheek, um, sometimes literally. Um, <laughs> but it's just a lot of fun, and I like it's it's a short format. It is yeah. um, series. Um, so not only are they typically a little faster to edit. Um, but, but they're, I, I like the pacing and I like the intros and the outros. So. Oh, she's throwing, spoil that cause it's not my show, but intros and outros. They're, they're probably my favorite parts of the script. So, uh, you know what, when writing them, um, we love it all, but I think we have the most fun writing those parts too, because they're so, yeah, well, um, yeah, we're not going to say any people will find out <laughs> soon enough. So yes, only two more edits to come in and then we'll be into moving into production and casting. So two, uh, I think two. I'm I think looking. I owe you three. You owe me three? Do I not I, know how to count? I probably don't know how to count. You're right, I think it is three. Six, seven, and eight. So. I just checked. Yeah, I have five sitting on my desktop. So, okay. So, yes. See, you're so, always right. It's that wisdom hat. Man, I got to get one of those. <laughs> you can borrow mine. I'll mail it to you. You just have to send it back. No, then you won't have it when you're editing my scripts. Uh, that's a good point. All right, I'll have to buy another one. <laughs> ah, well done. I accept your <laughs> offer. What would my edits look like without my wisdom hat? I don't want to know. I'm not sure I want to know either. So, no. All right. Well, uh, is there uh, anything else that you would uh, like to talk about or anything else you're working on or that you think is cool that you want to mention to the pendulums out in pendulum land? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, I, I, I spend my time between pendant and, and gaming for the most part. So, Gaming's yeah. fun, isn't it? Yes. I dig it. Yeah. It's, it's it's just like being a writer. You get to kind of. It kind well, of is. Yeah. Well, yes, and, and for a couple of reasons, and I'm going to get onto my my GM horse here in just a little bit. But the thing about um, running role playing games, and I'm not talking about video games. I play those too. Um, but role playing games, D and D, Pathfinder, Exalted, all that kind of stuff, is that if you're running it, it is a lot. There's a lot of things involved in that that are very similar to writing. Yeah, actually, I'm presently running uh, a tabletop RPG here, and uh, I often find I'm very excited to have the sessions and to play, but all of the prep for each session, I'm like, God, it's like I'm writing another script. It's, oh, you know, yeah, it's, you're it's... writing a series. Exactly. You know? 
and and you know it's I try to cut back you know on the whole world builders disease but um, <laughs> but it, it's you know preparing to run a game and running a game is very much a story except that you don't really plan too far ahead you know you kind of have to it's all it's kind of like writing a story meets whose line is it anyway you know you yeah. have to improvise as you go you do um, but then even as a player. Um, there, there's, there's certain elements of being a writer involved with that too. You know, you, you're, you are constructing your own story. So, right. and you have to put a lot of, um, thought and development into the character that you're playing. And it's, it's very much like creating a character for, you know, a <laughs> script or prose or anything else that you're working on. So oh, and it's a very good, very good, uh, uh, primer for creating a good character. <laughs> That's true. If you have a two dimensional character in a game. It's not going to fall in a script either. So. That's right. You won't be getting any XP rewards playing a two-dimensional character. So, yeah. so, so, so the moral of the story is: um, write more, play games to write more. <laughs> Beautiful. Can't get any better than that. <laughs> yep. Nope. All right. Well, thank you very much for being here, Teresa. Thank you for having me. And you folks out there, stay tuned because in just a few short months, I believe the casting call for Teresa and Blinky's new shows should be going up. So keep an eye out. Yay! It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, March 20th, Season 1, Episode 5 of Tabula Rasa. ¿Qué tal, chiquita? ¿Tienes hambre, eh? Next time on Tabula Rasa, Organ C continues its investigation of the Arachne murder. Well, the Blades don't have a lot of friends. Since they've spread out all across the city, they're bound to make some enemies as Jane finds herself in unfamiliar territory. No, it's not. You keep saying that. And it's not. I'm just blind. I should be able to figure this out. Take a deep breath. Liza. Deep breath. But it may be more familiar than she thought. Okay, okay, just, just put the gun down. We can talk this out. I'm sure they will listen. Everybody's got a dirty little secret as Season 1, Episode 5 of Tabula Rasa premieres March 20th, 2013, only at PendantAudio.com. Coming out Wednesday, March 27th, Episode 40 of Genesis Avalon. That's the last season premiere, so catch up before it starts. It's the last season! Woo! It's exciting. Whoa! Whoa! In six months, the world has changed. The protest behind me is one of many around the country today after Congress passed an additional provision for the Patriot Act. And where once was certainty, there is now only doubt. This exceeds the scope of everything this country stands for. The tide has turned, but can our heroes see it before it's too late? Yeah, kill the bridge! Find out in Genesis Avalon, Episode 40, The Grip of the Noose. Be there on March 27, 2013, as Jaina and Sam's final journey begins. Only on PendantAudio.com. La la la, the show is almost done. And that is the end of our program. That's it. What the heck happened to you? <clears throat> See, it's allergies, man. I'm dying here. Yeah, it's horrible.
You know why? It's because we turned on the air conditioner and just blew all the dust from the vents all over the place. It was terrible. Uh, yes, it's mid-March, but we turned on the air conditioner. Um, this week, it has been in the 90s here. So, you know, hooray for Los Angeles. We only turn on the air for 10 minutes, because that's what you do. Well, we didn't need it on all day. We just had to cool it down. Right, because it's just... Baking yeah. Oil. Anyway, let's get on with the thing. <laughs> I was going to explain the construction of the, the building. The thing that I'm doing. No one okay. cares. Yeah. Shut up. Shut Stop. it. Shut it. <laughs> Shut it. Shut it. Stop being so disrespectful. Shut it now. Shut it. Right now. <laughs> Be sure to stop by the website at pendantaudio.com. I think we just grossed them out with our cuteness. <laughs> The Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant. We were cute, right? The live uh, journal community at community.livejournal.com slash pendant audio. I think we were cute. Kind of snappy. Okay. The Facebook page. The Facebook page at <laughs> facebook.com slash pendant audio. The Twitter feed at twitter.com slash pendant web. And the Tumblr at pendantaudio.tumblr.com. We'll see you back here in two weeks. This is Susan Bridges. And low voice Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening. Spectra Gadget voice. Always. No, you have to say, I'll get you Gadget. I'll get you Gadget next time. <laughs> That's my interpretation of the cat. You suck. So, oh, and I'm style. Hey, sexy audio play. Oh my God, this did not just happen. With Teresa. <laughs> Perfect. Yay.